Love Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm the Vibe. And it's your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens of Vibes and Vision. Happy MLK Day out there to you guys. Queen K, how was your week since last week? Um, It was pretty good. Um, I can't complain too much. Uh, got back into working out. I just actually just finished up a workout before I got on here. I did take a nap. It was a little 10-minute workout, you know, something light. Hey, I'm proud of myself. It's progress. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, just enjoying life at this rate. Um, nothing, no complaints. Um, God wakes me up and provides for me and not only just me, my family every day. Um, my friends are smiling, so I'm happy. You know, had a little down moment, but other than that, I'm okay. I uh, can't complain. Yeah. Uh, enjoying my little MLK day. Happy MLK day to y'all. Uh, but that's about it, you know. God is good. What about you, Complex? It was good. I went out to Pottstown to see my good friend. Um, she just had a baby in December. Uh, so, you know, I stayed out there with her for two days. Um, we caught up on movies, talked about work, uh, you know, just catching up, having girl time, but also spending time with the baby. Uh, I was supposed to go to a surprise birthday party on Saturday, but when I got back home, I didn't realize, you know, lifting a baby is like exercising. So mm-hmm. I used muscles that I haven't used in a while. So, yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> I couldn't even make it. But, you know, it was it was a good um, week. Can't complain. Enjoying my last day, you know, before I go back to work. Um, and, you know, just, just enjoying the weekend. And uh, But still not, you know, just looking at this as like a, as a holiday. Um, just got done watching 40 Years a Prisoner. Uh, that was about the move organization, West Philadelphia. Guys, please watch that. It's a documentary on HBO. Educate yourself. Like, it, it's just crazy because this mm-hmm. – happened in like the late 70s going into the um early 80s you know so please watch that and educate yourself um it's it's racism still it's still around it's live and in effect it it never went anywhere so well let me stop rambling with that being said i'll let you get into Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay (laughs) all right everybody um complex what's that sipping tea for the soul topic tonight So tonight we are doing a flashback, Fabulous, on books. Mm -hmm. And we are going to, you know, just me and Queen K are going to just talk about books that we've read before, books we've had to sneak and read, you know, what (laughs) the books meant to us. (laughs) And, you know, like just, just other things, like, you know, how sometimes our fantasy took over reality. So that's actually my first Mm -hmm. aspect, fantasy versus real. So my first question on there is, um, have you ever fell in love with the character in a book and compared them to love interests in your real life? Oh, girl. Uh, Takira Allen, uh, Affair of Mount Hill. <laughs> Mavi, Lord Jesus, that man. <laughs> that, I'm still in love with that man, and he is a character in a book, okay? But <laughs> I don't know. It was just the mystery of him. Like, when he came into the scene, he was this good-looking dude and, you know, with the light-colored eyes, and he was just silent, but, you know, his presence was felt. Girl, I fell in love with that man in that book. Like, I started replacing the names of her characters with my own name, okay, because it was serious. But I did compare him to uh, my, uh, yeah, 
my last relationship, I compare him. I'm like, he don't do nothing like him. I wish he would come into a room and his presence be felt. So it did kind of uh, trickle into my real life because I would just see little stuff like, hmm, maybe. But, yeah, I did a lot of comparing. What about you? Um, I think all of Takara Allen's love interests I fell in love with, but I want to say <laughs> it was uh, D-Rock in, in uh, Ooh, Devout yes, that I really fell in love with because it's like even though he was a, a street dude and, you know, he was seen as a monster, you know, in other people's eyes, but when it came to Nika, you know, like there was nothing that he wouldn't do for her. He, he was her protector. And I fell in love with that. Um, I did a lot of comparison. At the time, I was in a relationship with this guy of, like, three years. And I remember there were times, like, he wanted to have quality time. And I'm like, I'm reading, you know, because I would get so <laughs> into it. Like, when I read books, I embraced every moment. Sometimes I would reread a scene if it really spoke to me. So it's like I didn't really have time for him because I felt like, just like you, he was doing the bare minimum. You know, he wasn't that protector, you know. Like, I, I just felt mm-hmm. like I was holding on to a relationship that just needed to be let go. But, you know what I'm saying, I didn't want to be alone, so I embraced my love life into that character. Like, I, I envisioned myself like, yes, you know, D-Rock, you know, mm-hmm. there has to be somebody out there like him. So I definitely agree with you on that. Um, that ties into my next question. Do you feel fiction authors write characters from a perfectionist perspective? Like, you know, meaning like, you know, with their image, their personality, like, mm-hmm. do you feel like they point out all the flaws or no? And my next question after that is, um, if you wrote a book and based a character off of yourself, would you give her your image and personality? Um, I do feel like some fiction authors do, uh, you know, create a character like flawless only because they want the mm-hmm. readers to really fall in love with the character. So they don't really put the imperfections. They don't, you know, they are like built like in the book, the dudes are all mm-hmm. muscular unless it's like, yeah. you know, some raggedy person in a book and then the girls <laughs> are all like flat stomach, big butt, big boobs. Yes. You know, they all, you know, they, they create in that fantasy for you. They want you wrapped up in the book. Now I will mm-hmm. say to Kara Allen with the Fair and Mount Hill book, she did have a plus-size girl in there, which was, I forget her name, but that was Mavi's woman. I switched her name with mine. But anyway, <laughs> she had her, you know, plus-size. She was a mommy of one, you know, so she put in there that she had a little extra weight in places. I like that about her because she kept it real. You know, everybody is not built up, you know, because uh, she also had a sister in the book that was built up like a Barbie doll that, you know, the beauty pageant mm. of Mont Hill, you know, that won a beauty pageant of Mont Hill, whatever. But she did have that real and raw sister. I think that's why I can relate so much to that book. Um, mm. Now, me, on the other hand, if I was to write a book, huh, would I make a character to look like me? Um, a part of me says yes, and then a part of me says no. But um, mm-hmm. just to be real with my book, I probably would base her off of me, you know, just mm-hmm. everything, flaws and all, you know, because it gives it that depth. It gives it that real feel, you know. It ain't – the book is not if, – because if I was to write a book, it would definitely be, be about my life. So I would have to mm-hmm. write, you know, I would have to describe myself. Now, if it was just another mm-hmm. random book, no, nah, no, because my stomach would be flat in the book. I would have a big butt. My chest would be out the boom, you know. 
But if mm-hmm. it was something that I was writing, yes, I would, um, just because it would just give it that realness. It would give it that touch, you know, that authenticity. So, yeah, I would. What about mm. you? Um, I definitely feel that – I feel like fiction authors, when they write characters, I feel like they make the image very perfect, you know, um, unless it is, like – a ragged or like a, a person that's not a main character in there. Like, you know, they mm-hmm. use them as the, the the characters for comedy, you know, to make you laugh. But um I feel like they do point out flaws in the personality, but they make the grand gestures and those gems that they drop, they make those stand out so those flaws seem very minuscule. Like, you know, Mavi and D Rock, you know, they both were you know, like they both had to do some things they weren't proud of. They both were, you know, yeah. guys who didn't trust many, you know what I'm saying? But when it came to a woman, that person would get the the vulnerable side of them. You know, they would get a side of them that, mm-hmm. that they could easily break. So it's like, you know, that love made it just stand out. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like in, even in other stories that I've came across, like the the love scenes, the gems, you know, the conversation just always made like, okay, you know what? Nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, D Rock, he was he was borderline uh, bipolar, and you know, he was also schizophrenic. You know, so mm. you think like, oh, this man is crazy, but the man she made him such a lovable person to where you overlook that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, hey, uh, I feel like if I wrote a book based on based a character off of me, if it was a fiction book. Oh yes, it's gonna be a perfect image. She gonna have big ass. She gonna have a big ass. She gonna have big tits. She gonna have a flat <laughs> stomach. I would just give her my personality, but you know, I have written a book about me, and I had to like you know describe myself. But I don't know. It's like like you said, you want to be real with that book. You know what I'm saying? You want to draw the characters in, but you feel like you have to write this perfect image because it'll it'll lose that person's. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll lose that person's attention. Like, you know, they won't be so interested. Like, oh, this character's an average ass, you know, like she ain't meant. (laughs) So that's Mm -hmm. my take on it. Okay. My first aspect is mental. Now, I was going to name it something else, but I just left it alone. Um, So my first question is, did reading certain types of books evoke any type of feeling? If so, give an example. Um. Let me see. Reading. Mm, I don't think, I think the only books that I used to read that involved feelings, it would be lustful feelings. Like, you know, like when I was younger, I, you know, I used to read those Zane books, those Omar Tyree books, you know. I couldn't, I couldn't get to Sister Soldier because I had a hating ass cousin that found out I was reading Fly Girl and told my grandma and told her don't let her read Cold as Winter ever. Like it, she was a hating ass because I'm looking like, okay, I'm just reading it, but you're actually doing some of this shit. But um, <laughs> it, it just, it just invoked those like those those lustful feelings and everything like that like it made me feel like oh this is what it's going to be like when I get to high school I'm going to come across my love interest and everything and you know we're going to be friends first and like you know then the love like it made me go into a very fantasized world that was not real I read a lot of fiction and I got in my head thinking that that's how the world is so like instead of invoking feelings like it made me 
create a reality in my mind that was not true. Like, I felt like I could have conversations, like, in the books with real guys, and they would look at me like I was crazy. You know, like, I felt like I could be that broken girl, and some guy was going to come along and love me for it and everything like that. But it's like, guys, like, you asking me to take on a little bit too much. So yeah. that's my take. What about you? Um, I have to agree with the lustful feelings because, baby, I was reading books like Candy Liquor in high school. Like, we, was, <laughs> we had a little book club going. Like, we would pass the book around. Um, shout out to my Berkeley days. Um, but, um, yeah, we would pass that book around. Like, it would be at everybody locker, and we would just, you know, be so ready to read it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what they be doing? So for somebody that didn't know about sex, that book really woke me up. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. But anyway, um, another book that uh, that brought some feelings out of me, which was like, uh, it was, I was mad, uh, I was hurt. I was sad. I was angry. Um, your book, actually, no apologies, through a lot of emotions. Um, mm. The reason why it put me through a lot of emotions, a lot of different emotions, was because, one, I didn't know to have, and I felt really mm. bad because you went through so much, and I wasn't there to help you through it. So that book, that book still get me in my feelings. Like, I read that book at least five times, y'all, back to back. Because I just didn't want to miss no part. Because I'm telling you, I, 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 w- I wouldn't be able to be near that man. That's just how I feel. Um, mm. But I was just angry. I was sad. I was hurt. I mean, you know, I was happy once you finally broke free. But other than that, it's just like anger that I have to ask God to deal with in me because I still have it pent up in me. So yeah, yeah. that those. Are I didn't the, think about that, my book. <laughs> I didn't even think about my book because I swear, like, a man, I I didn't think about my book. I mean, like, cause I only read it three times, but it's, like, it's certain parts that I would read that I, I it just took me back to that moment. Like, you know, it's one, it's one thing to read it, like you said, and get emotional, but it actually puts me back in that place. So it's, like, I look at it like, dog, this isn't a random story that I made up. This is my story, and sometimes it's too painful to read. So I guess I can say mm-hmm. no apologies did inflict some pain on me. I, I didn't even think about it. See, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm that humble. I <laughs> forgot I was a writer that quick, <laughs> shit. Oh, Lord, <laughs> not forget she was a writer. <laughs> um, okay, my next question is, um, in all the books you've read, which is one character that you relate to or empathize with? Let's see. Oh, my God, I've read so many damn books. Okay, a book back then that I that I read, that I um, read was called Darkness Before Dawn, and it was by Sharon M. Draper. I loved her books, too. Uh, Darkness Before Dawn, this girl, mm-hmm. her boyfriend had committed suicide. And, you know, she's going into, like, her senior year without him because they had been together since they were in ninth grade. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, she, she's going th- she was going through sadness and everything. Um, she Her birthday was, like, a year, like, you know, before everybody else. Like, her birthday was late. You know how, like, December babies get held back mm-hmm. a year? That's how she was. So when everybody was 17, she was 18. Um, she came across this guy who was – 
a little bit older. He was the new gym teacher. He was the principal son. He was like 24. Um, you know, she was very attracted to him, but she was still a virgin. She was still grieving. And I guess, like, you know, he sensed that and he took advantage of it. And, you mm. know, like, he got very friendly with her. And then one time, like, when she came over, you know, basically he tried to, uh, he tried to rape her. And um, it, was, it was such a powerful moment because, like, she got away. But it's like I really empathize with her because it's like you in that moment you were she was looking for a friend even though she was attracted to him she was looking for someone to be there for her and like you know someone who could help take her pain away from what she was dealing with and he took advantage of her and I've I've been that person where you come across somebody that you think is going to understand your pain and you open up to them just for them to take advantage of you like I that story mm. really spoke to me. It, it was very powerful. I I, can, I recommend everybody read any of Sharon M. Draper's books. They are so good. Like, I felt it. I was only, like, 12 or 13 when I read that book. What about wow. you? I ain't never heard of that book, for one. But that, that's that <laughs> something I'll be in, okay? Um, y'all, I <laughs> yes. go back to my story. Um, I finally figured out her name. Y'all did a little research. Um, but Affair Mud Hill, that book was my life, okay? Mine is the mommy part, because if I had somebody like Power, I would, you know, I just didn't get that happy ending like she did. But I relate to Gabby, that's her name. Um, I relate to Gabby because she was a single mama. Um, you know, she was pretty much the one who took care of business, but she was also in the shadow. Like, she was in the shadow of her younger sister, who was, like I said, town beauty queen. Um, she didn't mm-hmm. get the guys, you know. She was just, you know, the one to handle business, the one at the church handling the business, the one taking care of everything. That's me, okay? And then, you know, when you get a guy that's interested in you, it, it, it's hard to accept. You think he's playing games. Mm-hmm. I was her, okay? I'm still, I still am her. But um, I just relate to her and how she felt through it all, um, you know, just being in somebody's shadow. Um, I'm trying to think. It was another girl that I felt bad for. Oh, in a book about to carry out another book by her, Heaven's Hell. Oh, yes. Man, that girl, I felt for her. Heaven, oh, my God. Like, her whole story from her mama trying to kill her to her daddy selling her off and her daddy Mm -hmm. raping her. Like, I felt bad for her. No, I have not been in that situation at all, but I just felt Mm -hmm. for that character, even though she was – um, not a real character. I don't think that ever happened to anybody. If it did, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm praying for you. But I really felt bad for her, like, because it is people, it is young girls out here that's really going through stuff like this. And um, mm. just for her to write all of that out and for this girl to still somewhat kind of, you know, be tough and sticking it out and trying to, you know, even though she meet what's his name, G. Yes. Is his name G in the book? Yeah. His you know, name is G. Yeah. Kind of lose herself. Yeah. Kind of lose herself mm-hmm. for a minute, but then she, you know, bounce back. But still, her, I definitely, definitely, um, sympathize with a lot. Yeah. G was another person I fell in love with. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, my last aspect is lesson. Uh, my first question under there is, what books did you sneak to read growing up? Um, and would you allow your child to read those same books? <laughs> Ooh, baby. I snuck and read uh, a few of Zane's books, okay? Uh, my favorite is Nervous. 
that, uh, Nor, Candy Liquor, uh, I read G-Spot. Oh, baby, no, I would not let my daughter read those, okay? Not now, <laughs> not now. You know, when she get older, 18, 19, 20, 21, yeah. But right now, no, those are not the type of books. I shouldn't even have been reading those books when I did, but I did. Because um, those books, you know, those put feelings in you that you're not used to, and it make you want to act out some of that stuff. Um, because those books take you to another level, like especially with Zane and Nervous and the girl having all these different personalities and each of them doing different stuff. Like that book was wild. Uh, Candy Liquor brought a lot of sexual stuff out. You don't, nah, nope. Nah, <laughs> I would not let my baby read those right now. Heggy, nah, no. What about you? Uh, I snuck in Red Fly Girl. I didn't get a chance to read Coldest Winter ever until I was, like, in college, thanks to my cousin. Uh, I honestly, Fly Girl, I would let my child read. I would let them read at, like, 12 or 13 because that was a girl coming of age. And a lot of the things that she was going through, that's what our children are going to go through. And I know if I hide it, that's only going to make the child, well, what, what does she not want me to see? They're going to find out. So I'd rather my mm-hmm. child read it and come to me, you know what I'm saying? Because there's no yeah. way that you, you know, like, I, I know I can't stop her or, or him, you know what I'm saying, from doing something before, you know what I'm saying, the age that I would consent for them to do it, you know? So, like, I would definitely... Yeah. Um, let her read it because my mama was actually open to those books because before I read Fly Girl, my mom had <laughs> it's these erotica books. <laughs> You've probably seen them before. They're real thick and everything, and like they got white people on it, and like it's just like these romance oh, yeah. books. One time I was reading one of those, and my mama told me like I thought she was gonna whoop my ass because her boyfriend like caught me reading it. So she was like, you know, she asked me like, are you having those feelings? I was like, no. She was like, well, I'm not gonna be mad because I know that I've read those books before. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. But my grandma, she wasn't having it. My grandma really felt like oh, I'm always gonna persuade you to do what you want to do. And I'm like. Shit, I don't even know where to start. I wasn't going up to guys, you know what I'm saying, oh, let's have sex. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it, it did give me those feelings, but it would have felt, it would have felt, I would have felt better if I had someone there to talk to. Like, is this normal? You know what I'm saying? I feel like yeah. I, I want my child to come to me, and I want her to read those type of books so that you can know what's going on with your body because it's better to come to a parent or an older adult instead of someone who is a little bit older than you that's going to manipulate manipulate you into doing things that you don't want to do. Yeah. So, yeah. True. Um, okay, my last question is, what books did you learn lessons from? What books did I learn lessons from? Um. Oh, devout and devout too. I learned that <laughs> love is strong and powerful and will make you do some crazy shit. Like that book yes. of them two, girl. When I say he loved the ground that that woman walked on, and mm. it, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it, but that love is a type. I, I know it has some toxic shit, right? But that if I don't, mm-hmm. if somebody don't love me like he loved her, I don't want it. Okay, right. <laughs> I don't want it. Uh, for her to be yes. standing out in the rain, singing to his window, you know, letting him know that baby, I'll be right here. Come back to me. I was just like, yes, 
That's how I want to be. Standing outside a crazy hospital. Yes, it is. But um, <laughs> I'm that book taught me that love is real, you know, and when when you truly find your soulmate, you will do anything yes. for that, that person. Like the world stops mm-hmm. for them. Like I I've never experienced that type of love before, but that is one. Um, what else? Uh, Fly Girl, since you brought that one up, that is a com- a very good book for a coming to age young girl. I think I read that when I was about maybe 13. Um, yeah. Little Tracy, you know, she definitely showed us the ropes. You know, her and Mercedes. <laughs> Mercedes showed us yes. what happened when you go after the guys with the fast cars and the jewelry. And Tracy showed yes. us, okay, hold on now. Let me slow it down a little bit. I'm going to walk in her footsteps, but then I'm going to do what I want to do at the end of the day. So, that yes. was a good one too. That definitely showed me, you know, that that definitely helped me deal with my feelings. Even though I can uh, identify with Raima better than anybody, you know, the awkward type. Uh, it's just focused Damn, on. Damn, I forgot her. Yeah. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I identify with her. Uh, let me see. What was another book that I that taught me a lesson? Oh. The coldest winter ever. That taught me mm. that you could be on top, baby. If you don't, if you don't watch who you around, if you don't, you know, um, handle your business accordingly, all that will come crumbling down. You could be the baddest bitch or the kingpin, but all that, all that fast money, mm. all that stuff will stop if you're not careful at all. You know, you have to watch your surroundings because, you know, she. Yes. Winter made some a lot of wrong choices. She did because she was chasing after that life. She thought that people knowing who her father was was going to carry her. But, baby, you got to understand, you have to be your own person. You can't live in your father's shadow. So it definitely mm. showed me to watch the company that I keep and don't try to live off nobody's name. Create my own image, you know. Beauty, money, all that stuff stays. You know, you have to get right with the man above. And, I'm telling you, you can't be in that flashy mindset for the rest of your life. You got to think about other stuff because um, Portia's story actually showed me that, you know, because she was trying to be like her sister at first, but then she flipped the strip and changed her life around. So pretty mm. good books. All those helped me out. What about you? Yeah. I had a third one, but I can't remember it. But the the two off the top of my head, I would say Diary of a Mistress. That was by this lady named Miasha. Um, I loved her as a uh, as like as a novelist too. Like she could write. Um, mm-hmm. Like her stories were more from like a mystery standpoint. And uh, Diary of a okay. Mistress. That the lesson behind that is you can't always believe what someone tells you. You know what I'm saying? Because this mm-hmm. lady was getting letters from an alleged mistress. But it turns out the lady really was just obsessed with this lady's husband. And the love life that she had with another man, she basically twisted it to make it seem like it was with that husband. You get what I'm saying? And oh, wow. the lady didn't find out to the end. So, like, you can, you, you, when Medea said it, never trust a chick, never trust a trick over your man, that book came to mind when she said that. And I say <laughs> heaven tell because, um, I was in love with G back then when I read the book. I read the book when I was, like, 26, and I watched the movie. And at first, I didn't understand Mm -hmm. why when he finally told her that he loved her, she was like, I've been waiting for you to say that forever, but it's still not going to work. Like, she left him and went to Harvard. I was like, why would you leave this man? He finally said it. 
that story taught me that self-love mm-hmm. is the best love because she was looking for this yes. man to tell her love that, that he loved her because she didn't hear from her mom. You Like you said, her mom was her dad's, her mom was her dad's prostitute. So it's like he was both of their pimps, you know what I'm saying? Like, and she was jealous of her mm-hmm. daughter that, you know, instead of you being jealous of me, realize that my father is fucking raping me. You get what I'm saying? And she tried to kill her because it's like, I'm jealous of my daughter and I want to get her out of the picture. Like she didn't feel love and she was looking for that from G and it's like G care but he you know sometimes we need to hear the words over the action because we've never heard it before you know and when he finally said it she was just like I can't I've been allowing others to take care of me my whole life and I finally get it like yes girl walk away I watched that recently and I'm Mm -hmm. like yep mm -hmm, he waited too long I don't even fault her but those are my two. I can't think of the third one, but yeah, those are my two books that I learned lessons from. Um, my last aspect is self help. Um, my first question is, do you feel self help books are beneficial? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I used to think that self help books was someone that was desperate, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, how is a book going to tell me how to get my life together? Until I read a self help book. Um, I used to read Chicken Soup for the Soul, and, like, those books used to really move me. Yeah, not realizing that they were self-help, you know, like someone telling their story. And, honestly, self-help books, if you can't afford a therapist, you can get the help within a self-help book. You know what I'm saying? Instead of paying $150, whatever therapist fee is, not saying don't go to therapy, but some people really can't afford it, you can go find the same answers in a book. Hell, you can go find the same answers on YouTube because there's people out there willing to take the time. Self-help books really show you that you're not alone. Self-help books break down mm-hmm. what's going on with you so you can realize why this is happening. I've always been a wife. Uh, you know, I, I always was a person that asked a lot of questions. My grandmother used to always say, you need to be a lawyer because you're so curious. And, you know, I used to always feel like, okay, well, <laughs> damn, is it a bad thing that I'm asking so many questions? But no. That shit has helped me, you know what I'm saying, land into my purpose because I remember when I kept asking myself, why is it so hard to break free from this guy that's abusing me? Why do I keep thinking about him? Is this normal? It didn't take nothing. I know they say don't search Google because Google make you feel like you're dying, but I came across Girl, some articles that helped, me, that helped me understand some stuff. I understood why the victim becomes addicted to the abuser because they have attachment issues, you know, the, the victim, and they attach themselves to people that are needy because they know this person is going to always need me, so I don't ever have to worry about them leaving me because I don't want to be by myself. So I'm like, well, damn, you know, like it, it really starts to open your mind to stuff. So I definitely suggest self-help books. You have to understand what's going on with you because if you feel like you're the only one that's going through it, you're going to suppress it and you're never going to talk to anybody about it. True. Very true. Um, Me, I feel like they are very beneficial, especially when you know what to look up. Like I'm still trying to Mm -hmm. find some self-help books to help me deal with problems that I have within myself. But I do feel Mm -hmm. like a self-help book is only beneficial if you apply it, okay? Yes. Um, Because a lot of times we can read it, but then we either don't understand it fully and we don't want to take the time out to do any more research because we like, that didn't help me. That was a waste of my time. So we just give up. Or Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we just don't apply it. We don't do nothing to change our life. We don't take the steps forward to changing, you know, because after you read it, it's kind of like that's the manual, okay? But you have to actually put the work <laughs> in to fix whatever problem you're dealing with. So um, I that leads me into my next question, which is, hold on, I'll get the, there we go. Oh, here we go. Take your time. Have Pastor, you applied any? <laughs> <laughs> Have you applied any thoughts or theories of any self-help books to your own life, and has it helped? Yes. Um, I was actually reading this book called Death to the Angry Black Women by Jamila Mitchell. Man, that book really talks about where our anger stems from, um, the anger that we hold on to for losing self-respect from our parents and everything, like, well, basically losing respect for our moms, like, you know, seeing them become those doormats and letting our fathers or whatever other men come in and take, you know, over, we get this defense mechanism, like, that's not going to be me, and we be ready, like, mm-hmm. anybody that tries to take advantage of us, um, you know, like, she basically has, like, little activities in there, and I basically applied a lot of it to my life, you know what I'm saying, like, I, I write, okay. I have a prayer journal where, like, I wrote relief letters because, you know, she said, like, you have to write relief letters to the people that you have anger with and everything. And it, it does help, but I think that it's just staying consistent at it. You know, like like you said, in, in order for mm-hmm. a self-help book to work, you have to apply it. But some people think, oh, I applied it this one time. I'm good. I said this prayer. I'm, I'm healed. No, you have yes. to keep doing it. You have to because your toxic ways have outweighed for the last 30 years. Now you got to, you know, you got to reverse that for the next 30. So, yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, Okay, so. I've read two self-help books. One is Relationship Goals by Pastor Mike Todd. Um, And I've read, well, you know what? No, I've read three self-help books, actually. I read, uh, like I said, Relationship Goals by Pastor Mike Todd. Yes, I have applied it to myself because not only does he talk about him and Natalie's relationship, he also talks about your relationship with yourself. So um, I have to get, I've learned that through that book, I have to get my relationship with myself and God right first before I can let anybody in. Um, because that has to be a solid foundation first before I can allow somebody else to come in because I don't want to lose me. Um, mm-hmm. Another book that I've read is F. Him, Nice Girls Finish Single. Um, that Ooh, book yes. showed me that men think like three-year-olds, okay? Ladies, <laughs> that is a must-read, okay? That is a must-read. Everybody should read it. Complex got me on that book, and I passed it to pretty much all the women at my job. So we can be one step ahead. Like, that book showed me that you can't put a man before you. You have to stay busy. You have to be your own person, you know, it shows you how men need, um, what is it? I can't think of it right now. Reassurance, attention. Yeah, reassurance and praise and attention. Like, you could get a man to do anything you want if you read that book, ladies. I'm telling you. <laughs> read that book, okay? It's not to manipulate them, you know, in a negative way, but it is for you to help yourself. And then the last book I read is a book by T.D. Jakes. I know I'm going to butcher the title. But I believe it's 10 Women That Pray in the Bible. 
Um, I think I I butchered it, but anyway, I read that and it it goes over ten women in the Bible who who pretty much prayed and made change happen. Um, so I that book helped me because it just showed me the power of prayer. You know, back then, even in those times, you know that women did women are strong. You know, women you have to be able to pray. You have to, if you want change mm-hmm. to come, you have to be able to pray and then have the faith to back it up. That book not only taught me how to pray a powerful prayer, but it also taught me how to have the faith behind it and know that it is done, you know, according to God's will. I'm telling you, that book really just brought me into a new perspective, you know, because as women, the world wants us to feel like we're inferior to the man. You know, they want us to feel like the man is a superior being. Well, really, ladies, it's us. It is us. Hmm. So, um, that book just showed me how to strengthen my faith and how to strengthen my prayer life. So that is it. Okay. Okay. That was a good segment. Very good segment. Yes, it was. Okay. So we're going to get right into it. Complex. What's that as a woman question? So the as a woman question this week is, um, as a woman, are you open to hearing the raw truth about yourself? And do you give a safe space to it at all times? If not, why? Don't kill me. <laughs> Girl, you know I want to say F you. <laughs> That's why you ain't tell me what that damn question was. Usually we go over this and you tell me what the question is. I didn't get that memo. Okay. Um, whew, do I? One day. One day I want to hear the raw truth about myself, but it'll have to be over the phone because I'm very violent. Um, (laughs) I don't want to have to mess around and hit somebody because they tell me about me. And the only only way you would know is if it's true is if I get violent. Um, That's why. (laughs) But I, I, I would accept it, though, after I hit you and say sorry. I would accept it. Um, I apologize too. Um, but but <laughs> will I be able to accept it right then and there? No, I would not because again, you're coming in. You know, you telling me about me. Nobody likes to hear about themselves. You know, everybody you know get defensive when you try to tell them about them. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. just that person. Like I don't want to hear about me. I I'll, I'll shut down. I'll get real silent. That's how you know when I'm. That's the first stage of knowing when I'm mad. If I just completely mm-hmm. stop talking, like, okay, because mm-hmm. in my head I'm trying to figure out how can I hit them real quick, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I know it's needed. I know I need to be told about myself. Um, cause you know, you, it's better to get the truth from somebody that loves you, you know, that somebody that loves and care about you and that knows you. So I would, it would mm-hmm. have to be somebody that loves me and it would have to definitely be over the phone. Cause like I said, I can't, <laughs> we can, nope, I'm not the type that you could just tell me about myself and think I'm not going to react. You know, that's just me. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just go on a defense when it's about me. What about you? Um, I think I'm slowly becoming open to hearing the raw truth. But it all depends on your approach. Uh, I mm. I can get defensive too. Um, you know, like I used to play the tip for tat game. Like, oh, okay, well you do this. You know, like I, nobody's mm-hmm. gonna hear each other. We're gonna just talk over each other. But I think that now that I'm doing the shadow work and 
and facing, you know, saying my own truth and realizing, like, okay, Tasha, you have not been this perfect person. You play victim a lot. You've done some fucked up things, too. I think that I can be open, but it also depends on who it's coming from. It has to be somebody whose opinion I really respect, because if I don't respect it, what, what the fuck are you talking to me for? Like, that's just how I look at it. And, um, yes, I definitely will give it a safe space, you know, if it's coming from the people that I care about, because I just feel like in order to be honest with yourself, you have to be honest with others around you. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, hold their tongues and, and they have all this frustration because they feel like they can't tell their friends or their loved ones the real raw truth about them. You know what I'm saying? Like that person could have did some fucked up things to them and, you know, we'll never know because it's like I'd rather hold on to this this friendship, even though I'm building up all this tension, holding all of this stuff in. So it's like I will want my friends to come to me and tell me the raw truth, especially if I did something to offend them, you know, offend you guys, or if I said something that you didn't like. I don't want you to hold on to that because here I am thinking that we good, but you suddenly want to stab me with a knife, you know what I'm saying, because I was oblivious to something that I said because a lot of times the way we say things, in our mind we interpret it as, okay, you know what I'm saying, it was okay, but that person may interpret it another way. So, like, I want, I want to be able to hear the raw truth. Like, if I'm a person that doesn't care about your feelings or sometimes I'm not sensitive to what I say, call me on that because, you know what I'm saying, like that's how you grow as a person, you know, like so you won't get comfortable in your flaws. I mean, some people accept their fucked up ways and that's fine, but if if I'm trying to grow in my friendships, I'm going to give you that safe space, you know what I'm saying, because I want you to feel comfortable coming to talk to me because if you're comfortable being honest with me, then you can be more honest with yourself about things that you don't like. So, yeah, that's, I just wanted to know. That crossed my mind. That wasn't so bad, see? It wasn't, I guess. Okay. It wasn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, our next segment is Going Business Complex. Do you have any Going Businesses? Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout out my friend Natasha. She has a business called Tasha Stints. I'm trying to go to the page so I can... um. Let you guys know. Hold on. Let me just let me just go to the inbox. Yep. Because I want to give y'all the website because that's where the purpose is at. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Dead air. Um, it's, Ta- mm-hmm. it's TashaStints.com. And basically, uh, she creates palettes for, like, makeup and everything. Hold up. I don't want to mess it up. Tasha Tints LLC. So I'm trying to go to the page so I can go there. All right, I finally got it, y'all. I apologize. It's our platform. We're going to have some data at times. Okay, so <laughs> Tasha Tints is a, um, you know, based like a makeup line where, you know, to properly customize tints. Uh, it is, you know, if you need a color for um, your nails, if you need a color for your lips or, you know, a color for foundation, Tasha Tints LLC is a black-owned beauty brand created in 2020 by CEO Natasha Riley. Tasha Tints specializes in customization of colors to meet your cosmetic needs. Whether it be for a special occasion or casual event, pick a tint and we'll have it ready for you. No more going to the salon and mm-hmm. having trouble finding the colors you need and want. Tasha Tints got you covered. So you can go find her at Tasha, T-A-S-H-A-S, you know, it's for ownership, Tasha's dot com. So, you know, hey, if you have a hard time finding those colors 
at the um, beauty supply store or, you know, at the nail shop, hit her up. You know, she can customize that tent for you. And that's my glowing business. Okay. Um, my glowing business is my cousin's wife. Um, her name is Shantae. Y'all can find her on Facebook under Shantae Renfro. She just recently revamped and uh, opened up her own salon, sitting pretty salon right here on Southfield. Um, it's on Joy Road, right between Southfield and Evergreen. She is looking for uh, barbers and stylists, but she is also a dope-ass hairstylist herself. She do wigs. Um, she do bohemian locks. She do knotless braids. She do the butterfly locks. Any style that you want, she can pretty much get you. Um, she is really sweet. She's real dope. Um, professionalism is really, really good. Um, like I said, y'all, y'all can go and sit in her chair or if you are a barber or a, um, a hairstylist, go ahead and link with her. Go to her page on Facebook, Shantae Renfro, um, and she could definitely get you a booth. Her booth rates are reasonable, so y'all can text her at 734-431-3487 if you're interested in a booth. It is here in Detroit, so I'm just letting y'all know that because um, y'all know Complex and Philly, I am in Detroit. So it is right here, like I said, sitting pretty salon right here on Joy Row off of Joy Row and Evergreen. Her name is Shantae Renfro, C-H-A-N-T-A-R-E-N-F-R-O-E. So look her up, really dope person. I like it. Um, she also got merch too, y'all. I have a hoodie from her. It's real cute. Um, it says sitting pretty on the front, and in the back say big, big girls sit pretty too. I like that. But that awesome. is my glowing business. Uh, for the week. Um, okay, Complex, girl, what you got to say? So uh, I just wanted to let people know uh, me and Rosario, the goddess, uh, we are hosting a our first virtual poetry um, open mic. It's called Express Yourself. We're calling all poets and rappers, including singers, to open mic. Um, the date is going to be January 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be uh, through Zoom. Um, we're asking, you know, for donations. If you want to donate anywhere from $1 to $10, you know, just to support, you know, we're trying to do it once a month, sometimes maybe twice a month if possible. Um, if you do want to donate, you can donate to Cash App Melissa33. That's the dollar sign, M-E-L. Y-S-A, number 33. And also, please DM me. The, my Instagram name is complex underscore angel 90. Or you can um, contact her at Mrs. MRS underscore Rosario, R-O-S-A-R-I-O underscore goddess, G-O-D-D-E-S-S. Um, if you want to be a, a, a performer. So, you know, DM us, and we'll make a list of who everybody can go. This is our first event, and, you know, I'm excited because it's so hard to go to open mics these days. You know, mm-hmm. hey, let's, let's just do one virtual. So that's mine. Express yourself, real and raw poetry, bring what you got. Mm, you making me want to go ahead and tap back into them later days and write a poem. Get on there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, for me, it's just love who around you, y'all. Um, don't let nobody knock you off your square. I know stuff can get hard and, um, you know, you're weak in our moments, you know, everybody is human. So, you know, what moments I'm talking about, um, when you are sad, when you're feeling lonely, um, when you're feeling hurt or, you know, your pride takes a hit, 
just, you know, just remember all the good stuff. Remember all the good stuff and all the good people you have around you and just pray about it. Talk to God about it and you'll feel better. Um, you know, just love the people who you got around you. That's all, that's pretty much all I got to say, y'all. I don't got much to say today. All right. With that being said, let me go ahead and jump. Well, should I? We're going to do it at the end of the show where I tell them about uh-huh. what's happening in season four. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, well, good. with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into my AO Queen and King quote for the week. So both of them are sponsored by Pinterest, um, y'all. So the first one says, and this is actually a tattoo idea that I got for myself. But the first one says, um, my darling, but so are you. That one stood out to me because it just, because life is tough, you know, and we have to remember that we are equipped with the same strength. Every blow that's given to us, we can bounce back 10 times harder. We just have to remember not to, not to let that, not to let the bad stuff overcome us. We have to remember to keep fighting back. You know, we are built for this. This is why we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, we will come over every obstacle. We can't just keep getting knocked down. We have to stand up and fight back with every problem that we face. No, it's not a physical fight all the time, but you act, you definitely have to keep getting up and dusting yourself off, y'all. We have to remember that this Stuff will pass. You know, everything is temporary Mm -hmm. and stuff will pass. The problems that you face, you know, don't just succumb to them. Actually fight back and, you know, dust yourself off and try again. In the great words of Aaliyah, rest in heaven. Her birthday was this weekend. So, um, yeah. Yes. And my last quote is, isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different? That is by C.S.Lewis. Now, that quote to me stood out because, you know, we always say the the famous quote, same shit, different day. Well, it turns out when you reflect back, yeah, it might look the same to you, but if you look back to your life a year ago, five years ago, you are in a totally different spot. Like, I had to do that with myself because I find myself saying that a lot too, like same shit, different day. No, actually different. Every day I grow a little bit into my purpose. Every day I do something better with myself. A year ago, well, two years ago, three, no, four years ago, I wasn't in my own house. I didn't have my own car. I got a good, I, my job, my pay increased, um, I have my own house. I'm taking care of my kids. My car is up and running. Uh, we got food. Like, I have so much to be thankful for, but I still, day by day, I don't see the changes until I stop and reflect and look back. So that's my challenge for everybody this week is to just take a few minutes, look at your life now, and then reflect back to how you was five years ago. Now tell me God ain't good, okay? I just want everybody to just look back five years ago you know, all that in-between time and see see your own growth. Sometimes you have to be reminded. Sometimes you have to be the one that looks back to just to see your growth. You don't need somebody to tell you. You have to go back and look at it. So those are my mm-hmm. AO King and Queen quotes for the week. Complex, with that? No apology thought. Okay, so I got two this week. Um, the first one is Vibe of the Day. It says, forgive who did not know how to love you. They taught you self-love. Forgive who did not know how to treat you as you deserve. They showed you self-care. Forgive who did not believe in your dreams. They pushed you to go forward and self-motivate. Forgive who did not know how to support you. They helped you self-empower. 
Forgive and make room in your soul to become the best version of yourself. This spoke to me because um, I know that I can sometimes, you know, still get caught up in thinking about people that hurt me before I get caught up in the anger, not realizing that those things happen to, you know, make me a better person. They they happen for me to be aware of the patterns and, you know, to be aware of where to set boundaries at. You know, it's time to stop dwelling on the past because that person will continue to control your future if you allow it. You know, if you allow yourself to still hold on to that anger. Don't think that forgiveness is a weak moment. The only thing weak mm-hmm. is you're still holding on to something while this person doesn't have a care in the world and it gets heavy. You know what I'm saying? Let it go. Um my other one is what's for you won't lower your vibration. That's how you'll know. Um and this goes for we can't choose who our family is, but we can definitely use them as an example of what we won't tolerate. So when it comes yeah. to friends, get around people that's like-minded. Get around people that want to see you grow. Get around people that's going to motivate you instead of, you know what I'm saying, partying with you in your misery if you really want to get to the next level. Because like Pastor Mike Todd mm-hmm. said on Forgiveness University, it's easy cool. to get around people who will, you know, be bitter with you, who will sit in that anger with you, who will be petty with you. No, it's time to mm-hmm. grow. Relationships. If this person, if you see your life getting better with them, if the good outweighs the bad, because, you know, no one's perfect, if that person motivates you to be who you are, you know what I'm saying, like they're educating you, you know that if this person leaves your life today, they left a before mark and an after, that's the person that you want to be with. Your vibration will not lower. And that's my no apology thought. Mm. So, all right, good, girl. Thank you. Let's get into these changes and what they can expect, Queen K. All right. So, y'all, as y'all know, every time we do a flashback fabulous episode, that is the ending of our season. So, season three has officially became came to an end. So, woo woo, we did it again. Another yes. third time around. Um, we will be stepping into season four next Monday, the twenty fifth. Y'all, we got some good stuff coming up. Ladies, we are talking about everything. Men, y'all can tune in, too, if you want to, because this will help y'all learn how to deal with your woman or learn how to get one. Um, We'll be going over (laughs) topics such as birth control versus Yanni Pearls, dancing with danger, I'm not perfect, self-sabotaging. My favorite one is dick whipped, okay, the funny side and the dangerous side. Um. (laughs) <laughs> we'll be going into stuff like love songs, my blackness threatens you, growing apart, and we'll be having uh well so far we'll be having what one one guest we'll be having one guest. We actually here? have two. We actually have two now. Okay, we have um, two. We have, okay, we got yep. two guests. We got Queen Picasso and Francis will be coming back on. Francis, oh yeah. She was the one on the the women's panel. Okay, yeah, I remember her. Okay, yep. So uh, we'll be having Queen Picasso and Francis on for season four. You guys, I'm sorry, but no battle of the sexes, but we'll figure something out for y'all. But other than that, y'all, just look for all of season four. It's going to be fun. We thank y'all for the ride. You know, thank y'all for the continued support. We love y'all. You know, it's because of y'all that we're doing this. Well, no, we're probably doing this even, you know, just because, too. But 
y'all help out. Thank y'all so much for listening. Tell your friends about us. Y'all can actually share those flyers on my page uh, um, or see them on Complex Angels page under Natasha Williams on Facebook, Kenneth Renfro on Facebook, share our flyers, um, even our follow our page on Instagram under Queens with Vibes and Visions. Um, y'all just, you know, keep on keep on loving us, keep on listening in, tapping in with us. Um, so complex with some other changes they can expect. So for starting for season four, we added two new segments. Um, this is the order that it's gonna go in. So we're gonna actually do the AO Queens and Kings listen up quote at the beginning of the episode now. And we're adding at the end of that hair tip segment. Where Queen K is going to give us hair tips because there's so much mm-hmm. shit that we're doing wrong. I just found out that I've been detangling <laughs> it wrong. So, you know, we, we need to know, like, how to get that hair growth. Queen K is an amazing hairstylist, so it's time for her, you know what I'm saying, to bring the hair tips to teach <laughs> us how to grow our hair. Because, you know what I'm saying, we want to rock our hair sometimes. We don't want to always have to have them wig on. It gets hot. So you have to learn how to, you know, care for your hair. So Queen K is here to give you that. Then we're, you know, going to go straight into our sipping tea for the soul topic. Um, then, you know, we're going to still have the as a woman question every week uh, with Complex. We're going to still do the glowing business. The girl I got something to say, that's going to be Queen K's segment by herself. You know, this is a moment for her to, like, really express herself, get creative with it. You know, we're also going to go into the background of why each segment is what it is. You know, that's going to be an episode next season. Um, and, you know, then we're going to have the no apologies quote, and we're going to add the self-affirmation at the end with Complex Angel. We have to know as women and even as men our worth. And, like I, you know, like I said before, it takes a lot of time to relearn new habits, you know, when, when you're so used to just lashing out or you're so used to just shoot first and ask questions later. You know, we want to do these self-affirmations to calm us down because, honestly, you know, being unbothered is the most strength, you know, is is the strongest thing. Silence is golden, you know, to just be able not to feed into it. Because like Jay-Z said, never argue with another fool because a person standing from a distance can't tell between the two. You do not want to be that fool that's arguing with them. (laughs) So we definitely go have that again. We can't wait. You know what I'm saying? Join us back next Friday. Season four is started. Yes. So, okay. Well, with that being said, I'm Complex Angel. I'm the vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the vision. And peace and love. We are out. Peace and love, y'all.